You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. Good morning. It has been a good day already, amen? I'm so glad you're here. And uh, Anna talked about this in in the open, and I just want to, I just want to, echo the same sentiment, if you will. There's, there is very much so a theme in, in today's service. And the theme are the promises of God. And it's so funny because we were, we were sitting uh, or standing in first service um, at nine o'clock and we got to that song, all your promises are yes and amen, right? And I was like, oh my goodness. Like it, it clicked, like, oh, I'm talking about promises. And then in first service, Kyle did this ministry time uh, and he talked about promises. And I was like, and the worship team is singing a song about promises too. This is so great. And then it dawned on me like, oh yeah, I helped choose the set. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh Lord, you're so good. It's so prophetic. And I had, I had completely forgotten that we were even doing that song uh, this morning. But the theme this morning are, uh, is, the promises of God, promises of God. And I, wanna, I just wanna start here this morning as the foundation for our time in the word together. The Lord has promises for you. Do you believe that? The Lord has promises for you. There are corporate promises. There are promises that we read in the word that are universal for every believer. And then the Lord also has promises that are actually just for you, just for you. And I wanna make that the foundation of today's teaching is that you in fact have promises that the Lord has laid up in store for you. Some of which you know already, some of the promises he's given to you, other promises you yet not know, or you don't know yet, yet you know, don't you know. I don't know how to say that sentence but it's got promises in store for you that you might not even be aware of yet. But he is here this morning. And and my prayer is that through today, you recall many of the promises that the Lord gave you at one point and that you also have new promises from the Father. Promises from the Father and that you would know exactly what to do with those promises. How do we steward those promises? When the Lord says something, what's my responsibility at that point to steward that promise? And I believe uh, this morning, the Lord is going to breathe into this. And and I believe that he's going to give you those recollections of previous promises and give you new promises even still. Amen? Amen. In general, I, I feel like whenever it comes to promises from the Lord, oftentimes we expect promises to be immediately clarifying and immediately relieving. Immediately clarifying and immediately relieving, right? We want his promise to come, his promise that says like, you are healed in Jesus' name. And the Lord absolutely does that. Like the Lord moves in moments, he sets you free from pain, he sets you free from sickness, he sets you free from bondage. Like he fully has the ability and the capability to do that. But this I also know, the father is also extremely invested in your spiritual formation. In the process of spiritual formation, the process of walking into the promises that the Father has for you, oftentimes are slow and steady. The fastest way to your destination is the longest way around the mountain. 
the fastest way to your destination is the longest way around the mountain. And I know that the Lord uses that around the mountain moment, those around the mountain seasons to increase your capacity in your spiritual formation. Does that make sense? So the Lord sets promises before you and they are yes and they are amen 100% of the time. But what's the process look like walking in that promise, walking in the faith of that promise when it is not yet realized? That's where we're gonna camp out today. I, uh, I, I feel too, when it comes to the promises of God and receiving the promises of God, hearing the promises of God, even this language I feel at times, depending on where you're at in your season and how much time you've had in your faith initiation and how much time you spend in prayer, often dictates how well you hear the Father. Sometimes maybe you're in this room and you feel like as you communicate with the Father, it feels very one-sided. It's like, I'm out here praying. Lord, you said that uh, no weapon formed against me is gonna prosper. It feels like they're prospering right now. Feels very one-sided. You feel like you can't hear the Father. We get in environments like this and we're like day and night and night and day, let incense arise. And you're kind of going through the motions and you're like, I don't know what's going on, but we're gonna do it anyway. <laughs> that's okay. Listen, that's okay. The Father will meet you there. But I believe this to be true and I present this morning that the Father is always speaking. It's just a matter of us removing the language barrier unto hearing the Father's voice in your life to receive his promises. I went on a mission trip. I went on a mission trip to India in 2011 with a uh, guy by the name of Kerry Malden. And I went with a small team from our church. Uh, it was an Assemblies of God church. This was, this was a long time ago, 2011. And uh, a guy by the name of Randall McDonald went with us. And he was my, fir he was my first pass, my first uh, pastor who employed me, 18 years old, loved this man. And he took me on this mission trip uh, to India. And, and I'll never forget this, but whenever we landed in Hyderabad, our mission was to just equip pastors, uh, equip pastors uh, from the villages that we were serving, right? Just kind of like give them like a boost, like some energy boost. We would have these rallies and these meetings. Um, and so these guys were fluent in English so we could communicate with them very, very well. But the further south we went after we left Hyderabad, what would happen is that the language barrier became very, very, very evident, right? So most of these people spoke a language called Telugu. And it was so funny because Randall, he would get in these conversations with these people. And for some reason, it's like he believed the louder he talked and the slower he talked, the more they would understand what he was saying. My name's Randall. What's your name? And they're just standing there like, don't have a clue what you're saying, right? Language barrier, simply removing the language barrier between us and the father between us and the Father. I believe it's not that he's not speaking. Furthermore, I believe it's not that you don't possess the capacity to hear what he is saying when he's giving you promises. I believe there's simply a language barrier between you and the Father at times. Let's read in 2 Corinthians chapter one. 2 Corinthians chapter one, I'm gonna read verse 20 and 20, 20 through 22. What does it look like to eliminate the language barrier? It says, whatever God has promised gets stamped with a yes of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach and pray. The great amen, God's yes 
and our yes together, gloriously evident. God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ, putting his yes within us. By his spirit, he has stamped us with his eternal pledge, a sure beginning of what he is destined to complete. Destined to complete. I believe this also alludes to the process of spiritual formation that we are in. Destined to complete, not yet complete. You see, God has promises for you in, in general, as I mentioned before. Something I, I love to do whenever I don't know what to pray, I don't know what to say, um, I'm feeling maybe in the dumps or like in an emotional funk, like I don't know what's going on. I use the great theologian Google oftentimes. And so I'll just Google like promises of God over my life. Start reading them down. Matter of fact, I did this morning. Let me tell you what I found. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, God is with you. That's his promise. Isaiah 26, three says, he will keep you in peace. That's his promise. Psalm 32 verse eight says, he will tell you where to go. Yes, Lord. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And Exodus chapter 14, verse 14 says this, he will fight for you. If you were looking for promises from the Father's heart towards yours, eliminate the language barrier by finding those promises in the word. Finding those promises in the word. This scripture, these words, it's more than a book. It's this, leave, this living and this breathing document that I can read a scripture one day and it means something totally different to me today than it did yesterday. Does anybody resonate with that? It's like you hear somebody read a scripture or they quote a scripture or they post it on their Instagram and then you read about it and you read this caption and it's like it comes to life all of a sudden. This is a living, breathing word. If you want promises from the Father for your life, they are yes and amen every single time and they are ripe for the picking right in the word of God. Ripe for the picking right in the word of God. Eliminate the language barrier between you and the Father's heart by spending less time pleading and more time agreeing. Eliminate the language barrier between you and the Father by spending less time pleading and more time agreeing. Much of my prayer life, much of my prayer life, I'm gonna say about 75%. Numbers aren't really my thing, but I'm gonna say 75% of my prayer life is spent agreeing with what he's already said about me. Lord, you promised me in Isaiah. You promised me that you're gonna keep me in perfect peace. I don't feel much peace right now. You promised me in Exodus 14, 14 that you're gonna fight for me. If you have kids, you know that your kids love to hold you to your promises. You know what I'm saying? Anybody relate to that? Oh yeah. It's, it's usually one of the first things I hear whenever I get home from work sometime between like 5 and 5.30, Monday through Friday. Like I walk in the front door and it's a race to the front door to see who can claim my attention first between my three kids. I have to like, I like stand out on the front porch and I pray this prayer every single time before I get in. Lord, I give everyone and I give everything to you. Let's do this. I'm like the LeBron thing. Like... 
No, it, but, but for real, it's, I, I walk in the front door and usually my son's very fast. My, my son Canyon's very fast. He gets to the front door and he goes, Dad, Dad, you promised you'd play Mario Brothers with me. <laughs> and he's gonna hold me to it. Or my daughter's like, hey, you promised that we could, you, you promised that we could ride bikes today. And I'm like, yes, ma'am, I did. Yes, ma'am, I did. Kids love to hold us to our promises. We should love to hold the father to his promises as well. Here's the best part. I don't have to manipulate the father to try to do something for me. I don't have to try to twist his arms to do something. No, if he said it, it's because it's his desire. If he said it, it's because the absolute truth in my life. So for me to pray a prayer and simply agree with what he's already said about me, Oh, how refreshing for the father's heart. He listens to my words and he's, and he's proclaiming these things over his life. Yes, son, it shall be done. It's not manipulation, it's not controlling. It's simply partnering with the promise that's already been prophesied over your life long ago. Long before you were created. Long before you were a thought. Long before your mess ups or your failures or your victories or your triumphs. His promises were yes and amen for you. Eliminate the language barrier between you and the Father's heart by spending less time pleading and more time agreeing. We find ourselves in seasons where it's, what's next, Lord? I'm at an impasse. We're all, we're all human. We work jobs. We have families, mortgages, payments. Life, life happens. <laughs> this is the reality. This is the gift that the Father has given us. To trust him and to trust his promises are yes and amen in every single circumstance and in every single situation that you find yourself in in life. So often we find ourselves in this place of what's your, just what, just tell me, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do and I will do it. What's your will for, anybody ever prayed that prayer? It's like you got like a left turn or a right turn in life and you're like, I don't know, knock once for left, knock twice for right, I don't know what, to, just tell me what to do. I want, <laughs> tell me what to do, I don't know what to do. Father, what do I do in this situation? And the answer to every prayer we pray, the Father's response is his substance. Oftentimes his answer doesn't come by way of directives. Yes, son, take a left. Yes, son, take a right. Whoa, 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 daughter, just hang right there. He can and he will and he does. But the majority of the time in response to our biggest questions, his answer is his substance. Go find your promise in his word. Find your promise in his word. I promise you it's been spoken. I promise you, I promise you it's been spoken. Though the unique context of your individual story and your job crisis and your marriage dilemma and your parenting strategies and your this and your that doesn't specifically exist in this, you know what does? 
a lot of other promises that apply to that specific thing combined with a voice of a father that says, yeah, I have called you. You are more than enough. You are able, you are qualified and whatever you do, I'm gonna partner with because you have my heart. (laughs) You have the father's heart. You have the father's attention. And I wanna see us eliminate the language barrier in our understanding that he's always speaking. He's always speaking. If you're in a place where, if you're in a place where you're asking for clear directions for a next step, what's next? Come on, does this resonate? What's next? Where do I go? What do I do? And you're hearing nothing. You feel like you're hearing nothing. Here's what I recommend. Go back to the last thing that the father said to you and just rest right there. Oftentimes the pace of our own life, the pace of our own agenda, the promotion schedule at work or this and that and the other, whatever it is, oftentimes what will happen is we will outrun the promises and the protection and the provision of the father while all the while he's just saying, just stay right here for just a moment. The Lord is deeply invested in his promises in your spiritual formation. The answer sometimes isn't always right away, yes. Sometimes it's not yet. Sometimes it's not yet. Sometimes it's no. My six-year-old son, Canyon, was driving my three-year-old daughter, Bella, around in one of these little electric side-by-side things. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's like, they're not super fast, but they're fast enough to freak you out as a parent. (laughs) So Canyon's got that got that mug in high gear and uh, he, he goes to turn a corner. He just know he doesn't know, he, he's got one speed, okay, fast. He's just, he's a fast human. And uh, so he, he's, he's going straight and then all of a sudden, he, so my three-year-old is just sitting here, happy to be alive in the passenger seat. <laughs> she ain't holding on. They've got the oh crap bar in the front right here. She doesn't know what the old crap bar is. You know what I'm talking about? She's just, she's just happy to be alive until he turned left. And she said, <laughs> smooth out the side, splat. It would be foolish of me. It would be foolish of me. We're good parents, I promise. I was watching, <laughs> I picked her up, I kissed her, she was fine. <laughs> She was fine. Mom wasn't on uh, parent duty. It was me on parent duty at that point in time. So come on, dads, help me out. You know what's up. (laughs) Go faster, son. Oh, crap. (laughs) It would be be foolish of me if in that moment I walk up to my son, my six-year-old son, and say, well done, son. Well done. Hey, why don't you take the F-250 for a cruise around the block? Take your sister with you. He's gonna be 16 someday, but he's not yet 16, he's six. You're gonna walk into the fulfilled promise one day, but the Lord is actually really invested and interested in completion in this season to promote you into the next season. Eliminate the language barrier between you and the Father. Don't allow your own trajectory. Don't allow your own pace. Don't allow your own pressure from external factors saying you should be further than where you are. Pressure you into outrunning the grace that the Father has placed on your life for this season. Could it be that you're right where you're supposed to be? 
could it be that you've held the same job with no promotion for five years for a reason? Could it, could it be? Could it be? Could it be that the reason you've not yet conceived is that the Lord is actually still working something out inside of you that is going to further equip you to be the parent that you are called to be? I know, please hear me. I know it's tough, I know it hurts, and I know patience, it just is, it's rough, but it's worth it. The Lord is deeply invested in your spiritual formation unto completion in this season. And if we're not careful, what we'll do is we'll outrun that. We'll outrun that grace, we'll outrun that, and the Father's not gonna chase you down and allow the grace to catch up to you. Hear hear me, this is the truth. The Lord is really, really, really good at waiting. So while you're running and while you're pushing and while you're striving and you're refusing to, to complete the things in the season that need to be completed because it's too difficult or it's too costly or I don't know where to begin or it's just easier to start over and I don't wanna mess with the mess that I've created in my own life. I've got grace anyway, I'm just gonna start over. All the while the father is sitting here saying, son, daughter, I love you. I love you and I will wait right here for you. He's very good at waiting and you will come back around the mountain. He's very good at waiting. Philippians 1 verse six says this, and I failed to get this in the notes for the screen. I apologize. Take my word for it. It is in the Bible, I promise. Philippians 1 6 says, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until the day it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You know what that tells me? You're still a work in progress. Okay, bro? You're still a work in progress. I'm still a work in progress. And that's how we intended it. Here's the beautiful thing though until the day it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You're gonna receive your promise. Trust me, you're you're gonna receive your promise. His promises are yes and amen. I wanna talk a little bit about stewarding these promises that we receive from the Father through a parable found in Luke chapter eight. If you wanna turn there with me, Luke chapter eight. This is the parable of the farmer's scattered seed. And I feel like this, this parable uh, perfectly, perfectly uh, translates what it looks like to receive a promise from the Father and how we steward this promise from the Father. Okay, so we're gonna camp here. This is probably where we're gonna stay for the rest of the message, okay? So this is important to hear, but I want you to hear it through this framework, okay? I want you to hear it through this framework. I want you to take an honest, introspective, contemplative look at where you are as we define different types of topsoil, okay? In this parable, we're gonna talk about uh, three or four different types of topsoil that represent the conditions of your heart when you receive a promise from the Father. I want you to take an honest look at it and 
courtesy of uh, Braden Connor. If, if you don't like what you hear, don't throw your sucker in the dirt, okay? This is not your forever. If you identify with something in Luke chapter eight that you're like, I really don't like that, that sounds like me. <laughs> it's not who you are. And you'll have an opportunity to pivot and to repent and change. Cool? Let's do it. Luke chapter eight, starting in verse four says this. One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seeds as he scattered it across his field. Some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up with it and it choked out the tender plants. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much had been, as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone, who hears, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Verse nine, his disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, but I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't, really under, they won't understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. All right, now we're gonna break down some different types of soil. All right, so I want you to just buckle up and I want you to be really, really honest with yourself. If this soil sounds like you, please don't throw things at the stage. Verse 12. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. Ah, sorry. The thief comes, let's start here. The word of God, the seed as it were, holds all of the promises of God, right? So the seed in this parable is the word. The word holds every promise that you need for your life. So how do we steward the seed that is the word that holds the promise? You tracking? It's important to understand this first and foremost. The enemy absolutely hates you. He absolutely hates you. He comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. <clears throat> and it's important to realize um, the context in the language for what this battle represents, okay? The, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. Now, what, what, what that means in this story is this, before that word, before that prophetic word, before that promise, before that impartation, before it ever has a chance for you to even really lay claims to it and think about it and meditate on it, the enemy is gonna come in and he's gonna try to wipe it off of the footpath so that you never have an opportunity to believe that the father might actually have something better in store from you than what you're currently living in. He hates you. Context and language matter. He hates you and that's why he wants to steal the promises of God from you. Here's the beautiful thing. There is a father with a louder voice and a stronger arm who loves you and who is for you and who, is, who has made you a co-heir with Christ. So you've got the victory. So if this is the camp that you find yourself in, it's like, I can't get a word. I never hear the father. I don't even know why I come to church. I'm on the brink of giving up. You're gonna make it. Congratulations, 
you've identified the type of soil that resides in your soul. Congrats, I'm serious. Context and language, whenever you have that, now you have the tools to stand against the enemy. This is what this might sound like. If you're this type of soil, this is what it might feel like or sound like. Oh, that word, that word that, that preacher gave, that's honestly, you're, you're, you're making it up in your head. You didn't even understand that. You hadn't gone to church long enough. He's gonna try to devour any possibility for you to lay claim to what the Lord is trying to communicate to you today. Ah, you're not good enough. That's, that's, for, that's for the other people in the room. But for you, you and I both know, you and I both know who you really are. You and I both know who you really are. You're too far behind. There's no way you could ever achieve what you feel the Lord has promised you for. You missed your window, bro. You missed it. Or you're too far gone. You're too old. You're too this. You're too that. If you immediately hear disqualifiers, rest assured and know that is not the voice of the Father. Also rest assured, if this, is the ter- if this is the terrain, if this is the topsoil of your life, there's an opportunity for pivot. It's not your absolute. Let's read on, verse 13. It says, the seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with great, and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while and then they fall away when they face temptation. Proclamations, declarations, impartations. It's easy in this room, easier than when you step outside of these walls. Can we just be really honest? Hands raised in worship on a Sunday, head down in defeat on a Monday. If his promises are yes and amen over your life, that doesn't change in a 24 hour period from a Sunday to a Monday. If he's for you, if he's gonna prosper you, if if you've got hope and you've got a good future, these are all his promises for your life and your season. Ain't nothing changing between Sunday and Monday because God never changes. So what does, who does? Oftentimes it's the condition of our soul, the condition of our soil that disallow us from laying claim for extended periods of time what the Father has spoken over you through promises. Let me tell you what this looks like. Breakthrough in confession. You've confessed it, it's in the light. And then three weeks later, you fall again. Temptation seizes you. Victory in an encounter with Jesus. This life changing, seemingly life changing experience. I'm never going back, I'm burning the bridges. It's a path of no, it's a path of no return to dwindle into a memory three months later. A commitment in an area that just winds up being, it's just too hard. It's just too much. It's time to till the soil. It's time to retune the soil. It's not your forever. Let's read verse 14. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares 
in the riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. I feel this is where a lot of people reside. You hear the truth, you hear the words, you hear the promises, whether through the word or through communicators or through friends or family or whatever, you hear the words, but for whatever reason, it just never lays claim to who you are. It doesn't really, tra it doesn't really transform you as the word of God is able to do. It never transforms you. Why? Three specific things, cares of this life, riches of this life, pleasures of this life. I believe this is where many people set up shop. They live for the here and they're now. They fix their eyes on, on the carnal things that they can see, that they can build, that they can fix, that they can do. Building these tiny, tiny kingdoms with no perspective. You were created for eternity. Not 90 years or 100 years on earth. You were created for eternity. Gain some perspective. Zoom the lens out. This isn't just a self-help book. This isn't just the your best life now type thing. This isn't just like do this and you'll have a happy life for 90 years and then you get to go to heaven. No, your purpose on earth is to become all that God meant when God meant you. That's what this is about. Yet we get stuck building these tiny kingdoms, these tiny little multi-million dollar kingdoms as if that means something in the grand scheme of eternity. Now hear me, I celebrate you. I celebrate you for what you can do in partnership with the Father. I'm not saying prosperity is bad. I'm not saying riches are bad. I'm not saying things are bad. I love things. I want more riches. <laughs> I want them. <laughs> but you know what I want more? More than riches, more than pleasures of this earth. More, more, more than anything. I want to be all God meant when God meant me. What else is this for? Here's what this looks like. If this is the soil of your life, this is what it could look like. Well, we'll go to church next week. We'll go to church next week. It's, 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 been a re, it's been a really, really busy week. Three weeks in a row. SMH, man. I don't have time to read the word. I don't have time to pray this morning. I'm just too tired. I just don't have the energy for authentic connection with our people today. I don't, have, I don't have time, energy for pouring into the relationship like I know I should, husband, wife, kids. I don't have the time, I don't have the energy. Here's one that you very realistically could find yourself believing. I'm actually doing just fine by myself. Outside of the promises or provisions of the Father, I'm actually doing just fine by myself. This is a quote from Bill Johnson. You and I, with our thoughts, attitudes, and appetites, have the capacity to strangle the promise that God has given us. That's powerful. Thoughts, attitudes, appetites can strangle 
the promises that God has given you. In verse 15, it says, and the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. I want you to notice the consistency in the language between scriptures we've read today. Patiently produce a huge harvest. Don't outrun the grace in this season. Spiritual formation is your sole task. It is your sole priority. It is your only task. It is your only priority. Spiritual formation. I'm gonna wake up dreaming, Father, what do you have for me today? What are your promises for me today? And I wanna go to bed dreaming. Father, we took another step today, didn't we? Yeah. I'm so glad to run with you. It's so much more comfortable running at his speed than mine. So much more comfortable running at his speed than mine. Identify your reality in Luke chapter eight. What's the condition of your, of your soil? What's the soil of your soul? Evaluate that. And then I want you to go find your promise in his word. Your promise in his word. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.